0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Mastermind class for the Favence Women and this is week two. Congratulations. If you're hearing me right now, it means that you made it through week one, you made it through the classes, you made it through the exercises, you, you put in your bests and um, like I communicated with a few of us, the gospel is cheap, yeah, the gospel is free. But it doesn't come without grit. It does not come without hard work. It doesn't come without perseverance. It does not come without endurance. It does not come without digging deep into understanding what God is saying. You know, we're not supposed to seek God on the surface. There's a way he wants us to posture. There's a way to prepare. There's a way to for our mind to be conditioned in Order for us to lay hold on every legal inheritance that we have in Christ. So we don't just say, oh, "I'm born again, I love God." So because of that, life should just work out smoothly. No, there are things we contend with. They are legalistic evil forces that work against us that we contend with there are mindsets that become strongholds that hold us back from entering into the fullness of God. So this mastermind class is basically crushing every limitation in our minds, in our spirits, in our souls, in our bodies. Yeah. So this particular class is titled um the first Corinthians chapter seven curriculum, which is basically the instructions that God gave to us single, true Apostle Paul. And we're going to be reading from verse 25. And I want you to be open-minded, I want, you to get, I want you to get your journals and be prepared for what you're about to hear because what you're about to hear is going to eat you, <laughs> it's going to eat you real bad but it is the truth and it is God saying let me serve it to you all, let me give you, let me receive this treats and intense discipline from me right now so that in the future you don't start looking for me when you're meant to be enjoying the fruits of your hard labor right now, do you see? Okay, so um Paul was saying, let me now let me address the issue of singleness because before this he addressed the issue of marriage, he addressed the issue of sexual immorality in marriage, why people should marry, and which is the bulk of our discussion in the part two. So I basic I basically spoke about singles first, even though the singles dis- discussion started in the middle of the chapter. And I went to, in part two, you're going to hear about all the instructions for marriage. I really didn't want to do that discussion, but I, I felt that like it was needed for us to prepare ahead of time because we're getting married soon, right? Yes, okay. So it says, let me address the issue of singleness. I must confess, I have no command to give you that comes directly from the Lord. But let me share my thoughts on this matter as coming from the one who is experienced, who has experienced the mercy of the Lord to keep me faithful to him you know and the same way paul is saying this is not a direct instruction that's saying thou said god god said thou shalt not do this this is based on our experience i'm saying our ah, my experience and apostle paul's experience with the lord based on his mercy not because we know it all but because god has been merciful unto us yeah so he says because of the severe pressure we are in i recommend you stay as you are. I'm reading t- the Passion translation. Let me read from NLT. It says, "Because of the present crisis, I think it's best to remain as you are." NKJV says, um, just a minute." Um. So NKJV goes on to say that um. I suppose therefore that it is a good that this is good because of the present distress that it is good for a man to remain as he is and what he meant by remain as you are is that if you're married stay in the marriage if you're single don't rush into marriage basically that's what he's saying so if you're married stay there but if you're not don't rush into marriage another translation about um don't rush into marriage um in nlc says says that if you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. But if you don't have a wife, do not seek to get married. So some translation says, don't rush into marriage. Another translation translation says, do not even get married. And you're wondering, what is the severe pressure that could have been going on in the time of Paul? What could have been the present crisis he was talking about? What could have been so bad that he felt like, guys, don't even go near marriage. Like it is not one of those things you want to do so let's continue so it says verse 28 says "Mm, but if you do get married you have not sinned you see him trying to balance it here it's just that i want to spare you the problems you face with the extra challenges of being married so nlt says that um however those who get married at this time okay no but if you do get married, it is not a sin, and if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, those who get married at this present times will have troubles, and I'm trying to spare you from this trouble. What could be? What could actually be the special challenges, the struggles, the the issue? You know, he says those who those who marry will have physical and earthly troubles. And I'm trying to spare you from me, from this. It says, nevertheless, those that, those that marry will have trouble in the flesh. Another translation says that those that marry will have trouble in this life. You know, are you married? Um, message trans, translation says, don't get married. But there's certainly no sin when you get married, whether you're a virgin or not. All I'm saying is that when you marry, you take on additional stress in an already stressful time. So I want to spare you if possible can you see, this letter was written out of love, and the same way, this master class has this, like, the body this statement, this 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 28 is actually the body in my heart that pushed me to do this class, and it's because every time I see singles saying, oh, I want to marry, I think I'm ready for marriage I'm, I think this, I think that I'm like hey, sh- can you guys pause in your tracks, and see that what you're Thinking what you're desiring, you don't even have a full knowledge of it. It's like peeping into another person's compound and saying, "Oh, can you see their grass is loose, green at the other side," without being in their shoes to know what it is like. Can you calm down? Can you can you think critically? Can you go to God and say, "God, am I sure?" Because a lot of times, what we desire, we don't even know half of what half of the troubles we are getting ourselves into like you have to be careful of what you wish for you have to be very very careful of what you wish for because time body clock is ticking doesn't mean that you're ready i'm sure we have established that already we've already established that in week one and paul is saying See, there are troubles that come extra challenges that comes with being married Let me continue. It says, my friend, what I mean is this. The urgency of our times means that from now on, those who even have wives should live as though they are without wife. Verse 29. It says, but let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. From now on, those who have wives should act like they don't have wives. Those who have wives should act as if they don't. It says that starting from now, those who have wives should serve, should, should use their time to serve the Lord as if they don't have wives. Can you see? Like, why? So, let me take you back. What is happening is that the end is near. And I know you know that. At least if you don't know any other sign to show that the end is near, the coronavirus is a vital sign that the end is near. The end is near. Just, it is obvious that the devil is. Is is trying everything possible to raise new agents that would ensure that his agenda feels to hurt. The the devil knows, he he knows that he's, he's doomed. He knows that he's set for damnation. He knows that he's going to hell. He's angry at the, at the fact that God cast him down. He's angry at the fact that God loved the man so much that He sent Jesus to die for us. He's angry. At the, he's angry at the fact that we have a position and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. He's angry at the fact that we have a relationship with God. As how do we? How dare we, mere mortals, be can sit in our bedroom and communicate with the universe, the author of the universe? He's angry. So he's multiplying his effort. He's increasing his effort. He's ensuring that there is chaos. There is doom. There is damnation. And he's been doing this since the time of Paul. So that when Christ comes, he would ask this question. He would say, wow, how many people are left with faith? So the darkness is getting thicker. But the other flip of the coin is that as the darkness is getting thicker, the light is getting stronger. God is also, also pouring out knowledge, understanding, shining His light, raising up sons of um, princes of light. You know, agents of light, voices of restoration, as in people to people who are standing up as the end time army to say, God, we lift up the banner of righteousness. Your will will be done. So there's like a battle. It's like the battle of Armageddon. There's a battle going on for souls and the main target is souls so Paul is saying see in these last days we are in our focus is God our focus should be God our focus must be God so even those who are married should act as if they are not married because the challenges of marriage is so much that when it consumes you when you when it eats you you would not even remember that there is something called devotion you will not even remember that there is something called prayers. You will not even remember that there is a way to go to church to receive from God. You probably will be going to church to go and meet somebody that has connection, to connect you to one other person. It becomes a social gathering are not a place of such, um, spiritual impartation. Do you see? So you see that in the last days, there will be troubles. Men will be lovers of themselves. They will not be lovers of God anymore. Men would. As in, there will be loss. there will be passion, there will be there will be fight between fathers and mothers, between mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws, there will be rumors of war, there will be plagues, there will be diseases, earthquakes, famine, low-cost invasion, this one, death, cancer, disappointment, grief, you know, people betraying each other. He says there will be all of that. So that is the pressure we are already in. Those are the challenges we are already having. It looks like the church, the body of Christ is failing, but it is not. So it's saying that, thing. there's a battle for our souls. And marriage on its own, it's a different ballgame. So if you have not gotten yourself grounded in God, if you are not grounded in your purpose, if you are not grounded in your relationship with God, if you don't have a constant routine and structure where you and God are communicating, you will be lost. Marriage will make you lost. The devil will trick you. He will send one of his agents who oh, will appear as an angel of light and you feel that, oh wow, this is a man after God's own heart. He has everything that makes him look like he's a Christian. But what is his agenda? To destroy, to kill, to destroy, to deceive, to distract, to take the women of God out of the plans of God for them, for their lives. And also, is raising daughters, is raising Jezebels, who are appearing as meek, who are appearing as daughters of of Sarah, of daughters of Abraham, and they are marrying men of purpose, men, like men who have the life of God in them, who have a special assignment for God on this earth, and is ensuring that they marry the wrong person. Why? Because men are driven by the things they see. So it's making them to be distracted by all these things, so that they can be, they can be focused on the flesh, focused on the pleasures of this world, and forget the agenda of God for their lives, basically. Basically, that is a primary assignment of the devil. So it's corrupting everything God has done just so that men will be focused on themselves, focused on self and not on God. So this is why Paul was saying, I wish that you guys remain as you are so that you can focus on God. Verse 30 says that, and those who weep should forget their tears. He's even saying, in the place of mourning, you should not mourn too much. Because if you are mourning, somebody dies and you are crying. And in that cry, you forget that you guys will meet on the day of resurrection. You're already walking out of the will of God. Like, in everything we do, we must be so cautious, must be so alert, we must be so intentional that we do not allow the devil to consume us. You see, those, those who even grieve, they, they should not forget. They should forget their tears. Those who rejoice will have no time to celebrate. So, like, he just basically said in these last days, we cannot get carried away in the flesh. And, that, that, and like, we cannot get carried away in the flesh. We cannot overdo anything. You cannot say, oh, this is, this is my cheat day. Like, I have Thursday as a day where I just relax, I watch Netflix with popcorn, with this. Even in the place of, 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 um, of, of pleasure, of leisure, of resting, we must be conscious of God. And if there's anything i want you to take out of this masterclass is consciousness sensitivity discernment the consciousness that you carry god that god is with you and that's what will keep you from fornicating that is what will keep you from settling with the wrong person and focusing on the wrong things that is what will keep you from from getting so self-absorbed with this world and it says that, see, even those who purchase item will not have time to enjoy it. So, so like, yeah, I just bought a new car and I want to just drive it around town. Even in that driving, self must not be reflected. Like, God is saying, one of the major things I believe God is doing right now, because I, myself and my and my tribe, we are in this on this table is that god is checking our motive and i know we've talked about it also it's checking our motive why do you want what you want so that everybody can say ah that girl has finally got married right god is even asking me and that's why i said let me let me come out let me be a bit vulnerable so this masterclass I didn't put it up on any other platform apart from the Favor Women platform on the Facebook page, and I didn't even share it on my personal Facebook page. I didn't. I tried as much as possible because God was like, "I I want to see your motive. This is for these women. I don't want you to post it on WhatsApp and post it on other places because you want to show people that are oh, can you see when we are now becoming coach. He says that time will come when I would say take this to Instagram, take this to a larger community, but for now I want to see your intention I want to see your purpose, I want to see your body, I want to see the commitment you will give to this, I want to see your motive, and that's why I keep encouraging, that's why I keep chatting us up i keep putting my all into it as i'm like i'm not going to be discouraged in fact i I was like god if it's only one person that registers i'm going to pour my all into that person as though there are one million people because i can see that god's testing me on this is testing my intention and that is what god is doing on mundane things as 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 small as instagram posts whatsapp status god is checking our intention god is checking our heart he's asking us it's like the holy spirit is always beside us saying why are you doing this and that's what he's saying so if you buy an item when you purchase an item you don't even have time to enjoy it not that god is saying now you now become sadist and we will not have fun we'll not go on vacation but in everything we do we have the context of the finish that jesus is coming I'm preparing myself as the bride of Christ. I'm becoming like Jesus. Would Jesus want me to do this? Would Jesus want me to act like this? Would Jesus wants me to think like this? And verse 31 says, we are to live as those who live in this world system, but are not absorbed by heat. I just described it. Like we live here, but we are not absorbed by heat. For the world, as we know, is quickly passing away. Trains will pass away. Music, fashion will pass away. So if if you're living in this world as though you are part of the world system as trains are passing you're also passing away you will not be able to stand and that's why if you if you check into the secular those in the secular music uh, music industry for instance people who were dead 10 years ago are not, not necessarily the people who are trendy now why because without god you will pass away Without a solid foundation in God, it will pass away the same thing. If we are so self-absorbed and we enter into marriage, we enter into a project, we enter into an assignment, you know, whether even career, whatever it is we're doing, with that, so self-absorbed with this world system, so trend conscious, so, ah, I want to, I want them to, I want to give them, pepper them gang. like I want them to see, I'm posting my office pictures so that, ah, they can see that me too, I'm, i have a job like you know all this whatsapp secondary school whatsapp group where everybody's just saying i just had a phd you know and then you're like "Ah, let me just go and take a course you're so self-absorbed you will pass away you will not be built you will not be able to stand the test of time see on the last day god is going to test our works Everything we set our heart to do, it will test it to see if it will pass its own test. Things are easily passing away. So he said because of this, we need to live as free from anxiety as possible. Anxiety is like the key factor that controls emotions in the world that controls the posture of people in the world Everybody is trying to how to do each other everybody's wondering if i don't do this now what will happen you know he said i want you to be free from the concerns of this life i want you to be free be free be free be free what are we eating what are we wearing are people are wearing this people are eating this because, God, 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 bible said that he wants us to be free they are m- God wants us to focus. His primary reason for putting us here is so that we can focus on Him and fulfill His agenda. So even when we're entering into marriage, we're entering it with the mindset that God is sending me into this institution to correct things. Now I'm understanding why I'm married. It is not just a gold medal on my neck to say, oh, by June, I would have been married for 10 years. But I'm saying now that every lesson I have learned along the way, every wisdom I've gathered, every foolishness, everything is so that I can use it to equip other people. The reason why my marriage has to work is that God has invested so much in us. God is expecting so much from us and he wants us to continue to use our marriage to to glorify his name. I have a better purpose for raising my kids. I have a better purpose for what What I am doing right now. So he says that he says that an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking on how to please God. This is one of the type one of the ways to recognize a man that is meant for you. He says an unmarried man, an unmarried man, what does he do? He spends his time doing the Lord's work. That is the major criteria of an un- unmarried man. He spends his time catering for the things of God. So we're going to talk next week, week three, we're going to talk about the kind of man God wants us to marry, so we'll good define that. But so let me let, let me go on the on marry the single woman. Verse 34 says that um um but a married man, okay. Let me just continue reading. It says that an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife, like that is his role. So if as a single his role was if as a single what he was concerned about is ah that big ah that contract ah that money as in and he was not doing what god said he should do as a married man spending his time doing the lord's work and thinking on how to please god if all he did if he flipped it as a single man and he was just chasing the things of this world the things of how he will even please you You know, how he will please you, how he will prove to you, how he will prove to men, to his guys, that Isaac. When he gets married, he would not be able to fulfill his responsibilities as a married man because he did not prepare for it when he was single. That is just a deep thing I want you to think about. When you're looking at the offers that are coming to you and you're trying to discern which is God's will, you must pay attention. A man cannot please you cannot try to please you above pleasing God a man you must know you must see we'll talk about that next week let me not let me not distract myself with that right now we'll talk about that we'll come back to the scripture next week it says is so, so so let me just talk about the woman let me not talk about the man we'll talk about that next week so in the same way verse 24 a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and only in body and spirit a woman who is not married her assignment her devotion must be to the lord she has to be holy in body and spirit a woman i'm saying it again a woman who is not married a woman who is not married her role is to please the lord both in body and in spirit there's a translation that says that 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 spirit is actually soul is actually soul She has to give herself fully, body and soul, to the Lord. Like, only in body, only in the spirit. That spirit, the definition of that spirit, the root meaning of that spirit is a breath, a soul, a rational being, a mental disposition, a spiritual mindedness must be given to God. It must be holy. Put this scripture side by side, your current Lifestyle, your current mindset. God is saying all He requires from you right now, right now, is that you should be busy with His work. His work does not necessarily mean that you're a worker in church. His work means that whatever you're doing right now, is it God that is telling you to do it? You know how Jesus said, As I hear my Father, I do. Are you in that space? Do you know your assignments? what are you doing what you're doing your mental disposition your your spiritual mind your 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 breath your soul your principles your lifestyle your character your values your standards your desires your interests does it align with what god is saying are you doing what you're doing for god are you doing what you're doing for god are you living for god that is your assignment right now. While you're fulfilling this purpose, God will bring your husband to you. But he requires that you should give yourself only. Be only with, with, without any form of divided interest. Why? Because when you're married... What would be your major focus, focus is your earthly responsibilities. But I have now realized as a married woman that I cannot even give, I cannot perform maximally in my earthly duties if when I was a single, I did not build my spiritual muscles. If when I was a single, I did not build up my mind, I did not grow my mind to depend on God, I did not shrink my mind, I did not allow the mind of Christ to be superimposed on my mind, I would not be able to concentrate when I'm married. That's my, my earthly duty as a wife. I'm not able to do it. And at the same time, I'm not able to please my husband, and at the same time, I will not be able to serve God in that marriage. At the same time, I am not be able to fulfill God's purpose in that marriage. And that is the reason why. That is what happens to a lot of women. Where they get to and they are tired. And they're like, I am not fulfilled. I thought that I was going to derive fulfillment when I get married to the man of my dreams. I've got married to the man of my dreams. There's something else that I want. I want a beautiful, I want beautiful children. I have beautiful children. Oh, I want to give it to my children abroad. I give it to my children abroad. I want to live in Lekki. I want to have a house. I have it. But still, there's this aloe in my heart. There's this there's this there's this thing that I'm not fulfilled. Why? Because when they were single, they were supposed to have gotten their definition and meaning from God. That's our week one exercise, which I will ask, ask you to keep going through over and over again. They were supposed to have gotten their definition from God so that as they carry out their earthly duties in their marriage, they will be doing it from a context of purpose. They will be doing it from a place of strength, from a place of understanding. They would have that capacity and the strength to be able to please God and also please their husband. That's why it feels like women are superheroes. Like, really? And the same for the man. If the man is serving the Lord as a single man, he would be able to understand and get instructions from God when he's married on how to be the priest, the prophet, and the king over his family. But if he shuts out the, 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 the spiritual part of his life as a single man when he's married he would not all of a sudden that tie to marriage does not confound you what you should have learned over time just the same way some people are thinking that ah, when jesus is about to come i will know now I will just quickly ask god to forgive me being a husband it happens over a process of time being a godly woman being a virtuous woman being a wife that will have capacity to do we're going to check the thirty-one curriculum and that is where you will see what it means to have prepared your spirit soul and body to serve god which to be only in your body and your soul to to serve god undividedly as a single woman there's a strength you are able to carry into your marriage being a married woman does not happen the day you, you marry you would have been on that journey unbecoming You would have been there. So what you're doing right now, listening to me, doing this masterclass, preparing, is that you're on on that journey. The seed is growing in you. The seed is growing in you. You're growing. You're shedding off. You are growing. You're shedding off. You're building. You're pulling down the things, the things that are not supposed to be there. You are becoming a wife. The seed is growing. In the fullness of time, when you are now married, you begin to bear fruit. And your husband is looking at you. Your in-laws are looking at you. This woman is so wise. She's so strong. She's so she's so she's so pleasant. She's so beautiful. She's so hardworking. Why? It just didn't jump on her that day that she got married. That ceremony doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. If you were not a, a, a wife, if you were not becoming a wife before you before that ceremony, nothing can change it. So that's what God has called the single women to do. To serve Him without distraction. Why? Because of the challenges and the pressure in marriage. That pressure is much. Challenges are much. But... But if one is not prepared ahead of time, there is no way one can stand firm. There is no way. There is no way one can stand firm. There is no way one can see it through. And that is that this is one of the big solutions to divorce. When we prepare for the journey before the journey starts. When we prepare for the battle before the battle starts, when we have won the battle before it even began. Do you see? So I want you to go through these scriptures again and see that God, this is exactly, so you ask Him, what, how do you want me to serve you? In what areas am I not serving you? What is it that I am not doing? How is it, how am I posturing that I'm not, I'm not, as in what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? that I don't even know I'm doing right, but teach me, open my eyes to see it. Because Paul, says, I want you to do whatever. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. With as few distractions as possible. And we have to learn the act of not being distracted. We must master that act. Because marriage distracts. It destroys. It deceives. It, It practically kills a lot of people. And that's why people go from intense passion of love intense passion of hatred. Why? Because they did not learn the act of. You know. Serving God. With an undivided heart. And I pray that God will explain this to you again. And show you exactly how he wants you to serve him. Those things he wants you to leave behind. Those things he wants you to build on. The character he wants you to build. The bad habits he wants you to trash. How he wants you to serve him. How he wants you to serve him in every aspect no part of your life is missing so you cannot say god take this part god leave this part this part i cannot change no god is preparing you not only for your husband for but for himself the end game of being married is not so that ah i will just say my prayers have been answered Do you know a lot of women said to said to when they marry and when i mean said to like all their life all their major prayer points has been inched on god i want to marry so once they get married their their spiritual relationship their relationship with god just goes kaput their commitment to god goes down they forget all the prophecies that came beforehand because they feel that their destination is marriage but our destination is not marriage our destination is jesus christ our destination is jesus christ and that's why some women will say see i got married to the wrong man i'm leaving this man this man will lead me to hell i will rather be single than stay with this demon why because over the years they realized that wow i made the wrong mistake i based my judgment on wrong qualities i cannot stay here i need to get out and that's why a lot of, a lot of women are crying for, for liberty. Let me go. I can't stay here. I don't want my soul to be destroyed. I don't want to lose my, my joy on earth and also go to hell. And a lot of women have died. True bitterness that led to cancer, through unforgiveness that led to arthritis, through through whatever it is that led to diabetes, that led to stroke. Why? Because over to, uh, as as they thought that all that was it to them, everything they represented in life. The reason why they were even serving God was to marry. And once they got married, they settled. Once they had children, they settled. They settled and continued to live without God. And continue to live for only the pleasure of their husband, of which the mar- marriage says that you live for the pleasure of your husband, your responsibilities to your husband. but your husband comes as second after God, and you would have been practicing that when you are single, when you know that God is your priority, God is your first, and any man that wants to take that position and wants to go elevate himself above God cannot be allowed into your life. But when you allow a man to elevate himself above God and you make him to become your God, your Lord and your Savior, the day he begins, the day he stops growing with God, the day he stops journeying with God, the day he stops... It stops being that nice person. It might not even be with God, but the day it stops being that nice person. Because human, human, like I said, the things of this world pass away. The only thing that doesn't pass away are things that are built on God. So the day the man just stops being nice as he used to be, or he stops having money as he used to have money, or challenges and the pleasures of life literally eating. What 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 how do you carry on? I pray that the Holy Spirit will explain this more to you and you take our time to study this this passage again and gain more understanding and allow God to explain this to you in your own context as well.